Welcome to Spark to Flame. Over the next 30 minutes, we want to talk to you about some things and give you some ideas and some insights and inspiration that will make your marriage better. Right? Today's show is really a part two to last episode, but if you haven't listened to episode three, it's okay. You won't be lost. Here's what's coming up. We're going to wrap up our Give Your Marriage Meaning project. We'll give you another take on the importance of saying, ouch, and we'll have the last installment of our gift giving guide. Last week, we talked about giving gifts that are not things. This week, we'll give you a tip on how to find a good thing. Spark to Flame is a new podcast we started because we love marriage and hate to see people struggling in their relationships. Big things certainly get in the way, but more times than not, what kills marriages is death by a thousand cuts. It's all the unresolved like little issues that eat away at trust, communication, and intimacy that drag a couple down from being okay to being in trouble. Don't let that happen to you. (laughs) Make your marriage a priority. Our hope and our aim is that we can help you do just that. Yes, so subscribe to the podcast and tune in each week for thoughts, some activities, and discussion that'll keep you and your spouse thriving and in love. Last week, we talked about one word that can save an argument and revealed that word to be ouch. The idea is that when things get ugly, ouch is usually what happens to finally end a downward spiral. So it could be walking away, slamming a door, starting to cry. So if we can train ourselves to identify when something has happened that hurts us and then express that hurt, it stops the spiral or it can. So rather than snap back with some mean, angry words, you say, ouch, or that really hurt or some other well-crafted I statement. That was last week, though, and immediately afterwards, something came to mind from personal experience that seemed like a good thing to mention. Actually, it happened that morning, <laughs> and you know, because typically, what? Well, I, I'm a slow talker, so I'm a slow talker, and my whole life, because I have been a slow talker, people interrupt me, and I have dealt with that in a variety of different ways through my life. But oftentimes I, it just frustrates me, you know, mm-hmm. so this started as a, as a kid sitting at the dinner table, having a talkative mother and talkative sisters. Rob being, was the baby and, and being had older sisters. The baby and a slow talking baby. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I get interrupted. So, right. um, and that makes it hard for people that are fast thinkers, fast talkers, of which my wife is one. And so so it can be a strain and kind of a joke at points in our marriage has been like, I'll start to say something and she'll finish my set, sentence. I'm so good at it. And, and, she's, <laughs> and she is uh, terrible at it, like, like humorously terrible at it. Like, I don't know, maybe one time in a thousand answer, like finish the sentence correctly. It's but sadly we, true. We, we typically will enjoy that. It, it, it's a funny thing to us, but every once in a while, we'll just kind of have, you know, and I don't know if it's, if it's me or if it's Cassie or just kind of both of us. And this is what happened last week. And we were actually in this mode, like leading up to recording the podcast. And I just was deflated. And I just felt like, man, every time I open, like I try to explain something or make my point about what we're going to talk about or what's going to happen here or there, my idea for this, I get interrupted. It's true. And I talk so fast. I don't have a second to stop and even think, well, that's the issue and that's what I'm doing. And so all I kept saying is, what's wrong? Are you okay? Why? You're so quiet. What is going on? What's wrong? 
Right. And so, and so Cassie is observant. So she sees, uh, when I say that I was frustrated or that like, some, like that, those are, n- none of those things were verbalized. Right. Right. So she could just tell by my Body disposition, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that I had gotten quiet. I, I had a look of frustration on my face. So she knows something's up. So, so she asked me about Drives that. Drives me crazy. All right. But this is kind of coming back to the idea mm-hmm. of saying ouch. Because right. last week we talked about, hey, you need to say ouch because if if an argument is getting tense and intense and getting fiery and angry and loud, then say ouch quickly to stop the downward spiral. Because that is one way that people interact. When they get mad, they lash out. This week, talking about, well, what if you don't lash out? So so kind of co- coming back to the example, I say something and Cassie interrupts me again. You know, and so like I'm, so now I'm just like fuming inside, but that's not coming outside, right? Like I don't bring her down. I don't tear her down. I don't say nasty things to her, mean things to her. I keep it, I hold it all in. Now what's going? Now you know something's up with me, and you ask about that, and what do I say? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's just fine. let's just move on. Let's go. On. All right. So what's going on in your mind then when that happens? You're not fine. Okay. <laughs> so usually that's what it is. I'm like, I know you're not fine. Why aren't you telling me? All right. And if I'm not telling you, people, do we typically? assume the best like the best case scenario or do we does our mind wander and we go to where we're frustrated and there must be some and it could be really bad right like what's going on with my husband or with my wife like i know something's wrong and they won't tell me Mm -hmm. so then well i would do that is it me did i did i say something earlier did i do something earlier right so you ask and they say no nothing I'm fine. <laughs> right? fine. All right. So this it's is nothing. So this is the other. So so last week, kind of like saying in an argument, it's a very valuable tool to before that thing spirals downward, mm-hmm. stop it by saying "ouch," mm-hmm. so that the "ouch" isn't bigger and more out of more hurt later. So this week, the the encouragement is kind of like if you are like me, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can be that person that lets it simmer mm-hmm. and then maybe boil over is that's the value of saying ouch early as well. Right. Maybe you're not spiraling down in a big knockdown drag out fight, but maybe uh, you're causing just as much harm by giving the silent well, treatment. Because typically if you let it simmer, it's not just going to go away, right? There's going to be another time that you lose patience for something else and you snap at me for a different thing, completely unrelated to you being frustrated about my interrupting, right? So later it's some little thing that I do and you snap at it when normally it wouldn't be a big deal, but you've been simmering all day of this other thing. You might even snap at a child or a pet, you know, it's just... Well, I would never. (laughs) (laughs) You in general. But yeah, so so that's the point of this, you know, saying ouch is, and and, and obviously when we say say ouch, we're using that metaphorically. You don't actually have to use the word ouch, but, but... Uh, it was helpful last yeah. week, so we we're doing the we're recording, and I immediately well we we resolved things before we started recording. That's why we sounded so pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just kind of. But when we were talking about ouch, I was like, oh man, like we're talking about one way to do it, but I need to do it. Mm-hmm. I need to be better at saying ouch when when I am feeling hurt, 
And when Cassie asks me about it, or even if she doesn't, to be honest and, and proactive, mm-hmm. right? Proactively say, hey, you know what? This is kind of why, and this is the, the baggage that I have in my life. But when these things happen, this is how it makes me feel. Right. Right. So you're saying, you're saying, ouch, but you're communicating in really positive ways so that I'm not walking away feeling frustrated and she's not walking away feeling frustrated. So that's us. Uh, that's, that's like a takeaway that we had. And we just thought, well, we should probably share that with you guys because uh, you're probably dealing with it in some level. And maybe right. if it's not in your marriage, fine. But if it is, then that's our encouragement you uh, say, say ouch mm-hmm. in that way as well. And it's great because it's also not assuming that the other person meant to do that or meant to hurt you in that way, right? So when Rob did say, ouch, I didn't, it hurt that you interrupted me. Or I just felt like I couldn't get out what I wanted to say because you interrupted me 20 times. Um, then I, you know, was able to say, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize I was doing that, which is selfish and ridiculous, but I didn't even realize it. And so even just on Rob's part, giving the benefit of the doubt, this person wasn't interrupting me because they want to harm me in some way. Um, and so I think it also helps in that case, like, okay, well, thank you for telling me. I had no idea. And now I can work on that in the future. Now I'll probably still interrupt Rob, but. <laughs> uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll, I'll say ouch. All right. Well, um, we're going to end the show today with our gift gift guide, which is a method we'll share for finding the right types of items to buy for your spouse. Um, Last week, we covered gifts that are more in the realm of experiences, like DIY creations, acts of service. Um, But we know, though, that for many of you, you're still wanting to find a perfect something that can be bought and wrapped up and given. But before we get to that, let's talk about marriage and meaning, specifically giving your marriage meaning. Yeah, so we started a project a couple weeks ago, and the idea behind it was to give your marriage meaning. Now, in that original talk, we used the terms being in a rut mm-hmm. and being in a groove and that essentially you could, you know, be there. You could, that that's the same thing. Right. Right. But the difference is your perspective. Mm-hmm. So How the same marriage, it? the same people going through the same things. One person could be rosy about it and right. say, Hey, we're grooving. And the other person could kind of be down oh, about it and say, oh, we're stuck in a rut. That's right. That means in like the same marriage, one spouse is going to think things are great and the other is languishing over something. So giving your marriage meaning is just a way to pick your head up out of the rut or groove and then have something different that you're looking at altogether. So let's go ahead and get into the project. And then we want to share a couple of thoughts about marriage and meaning. So for best context, we would recommend listening to episodes two and three, but it isn't necessary and we'll catch you up. All right. So we had you make a couple of lists and one was at the beginning a couple of weeks ago, strengths individually. So you made one for yourself, you made one for your spouse, um, and then you kind of made a list together where you had common strengths listed, but also ones that maybe at first seemed opposite, but where you found that actually were complementary. So like Rob's big picture person and me a detail oriented, but actually that complements. So you were supposed to find those. And then, um, last week we challenged you to look around and see what kind of needs you both see in the community around you. Yeah. And so if you think about like a Venn diagram, which are the circles, you know, the overlapping circles. Yeah. So, so that's essentially circle one is going to be the strengths of your marriage. Okay. Which Cassie just said, you know, those those two main things, like the things that you're both strong in and the ways that you complement each other. And then circle two 
is going to be the list that you made last week, which mm-hmm. is what are the hurts that you see in the world? Mm-hmm. What are the needs that you see in the world around you? Yeah, probably more local, but that could be as much. Sure. So then, so then today we're saying, okay, you're going to start to see those circles overlap a little bit. Where mm-hmm. do they overlap? And then we're going to add this third piece. So now you're going to take both of those circles, all right, and where they overlap, now you're going to think about, all right, here's our strengths, here's the needs in the community, now what are we most passionate about? Especially what are we most passionate about together? So taking those things, those strengths, those needs, where do they overlap, and then how can we take something that we're both passionate about and do it together, and that's going to give us some meaning in our relationship or in our marriage. So not that it is the meaning, of your marriage. That's very different. We'll talk about that a little bit, but it's going to give you some kind of meaning and purpose together. So yeah, I love that. And I think to, to better explain to you what we're talking about, because, you know, we're talking about diagrams and trying to get you to visualize right. a lot of stuff. Give some so hopefully, actual examples. Um, you can go to spark and, and we'll try to put something up um, in the blog there that you can see visually. Um, but how about some examples? Like, well, what does this look like? It, you know, what, what would be an example of mm. maybe some, somebody's strengths or compliments and a need that they saw in the community and how that lines up with their passions? Yeah, I was actually thinking of a personal one that we knew. We knew a couple in New York and one of them was a doctor and had a big, huge passion for just helping and doctoring people in the medical field. And his wife was uh, very passionate about, um, she volunteered in a local pregnancy center. She really was good at organizational stuff too and computer stuff. So the two of them kind of made a powerhouse team and they found a common thing that they were both passionate about and could use their both of their strengths. So he ended up being the medical director overseeing uh, some of the stuff there. And she ended up helping in the counseling room and getting all of their paperwork also just all organized and in the computer for all of the pregnancy centers. So that was kind of a neat, you know, personal thing to see. But I mean, I'm also Okay, thinking, so hold on. So yeah. so we see with these people, with Toby and Debbie, our friends, <laughs> yes. Toby and Debbie, um, <laughs> that that maybe, maybe the passion and the need. So there's, you know, a, a need that is there in the community to right. help Unexpected people who pregnancies. are in these situations. Mm-hmm. And a, a passion to like, yeah, this is something we really want to do. And so it, it could be that those are separate strengths mm-hmm. um, and maybe wouldn't, not necessarily complementary, not necessarily even things that they had as strengths together, but it's those two things, the need in the community and what they were really passionate about that need that they were able to find places where they could help out. Right. And then again, to, to double down on the idea <laughs> of, for these people, this is not the reason that they exist. Right. right? Like this is, not, this is not the meaning of their marriage. Right. But doing these things together does give their marriage meaning. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to talk about that a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, and a purpose to work toward and together on. Um, and then like, you know, there's there could be many examples though. Like I know for a lot of marriages, even just the husband might be, good at doing random projects around the house. All right. And the female is a good gardener. I don't know, a cooker. And so, you know, they can, you guys could find a widow or find a neighbor in your neighborhood. It could be an older couple um, that their yard is in disrepair or they have some projects around their house. And now all of a sudden that's something you can do a couple of times a month is go over and mow their lawn and pull some weeds and plant some seeds and work on a door jam that's broken or what other little projects. So it doesn't have to be this huge, you know, right. big thing um, that is impacting 
more than just your neighborhood or your yeah. church community. Yeah, and that's a good example too, because again, just to kind of distill it down to our lists, you could have, okay, here's our strengths. We're both really handy <laughs> or we're both hard workers. Sure. You know, we don't mind, you know, the elbow grease kind of thing. And we see this need maybe in our own community, like maybe in our neighborhood, maybe in the larger community, as there's a lot of older people that can't do those things right. anymore, that maybe they don't have family around to help them, and we can be that. Now, mm-hmm. now this is this is the rub, and this is where the passion comes in, is you can do those things without being passionate about That's them. That's true. Right? Like you just feel like, okay, this is a huge need. And I'm good and, at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can meet this need, so let's just do it. Um or you can pass on that thing, right? Yeah. Like that could be one of those places that you see intersect and you're like, yeah, but that's just not... I don't want to do that twice a month. Though. Exciting. <laughs> you know, right. and again, like that, that kind of sounds terrible, but right. the idea is there's going to be something where those things intersect and you get amped about that's it. That's right. right. All right. So um, we hope that that, we hope that that whole project is helpful to you. And again, it is in the context of talking about meaning in marriage, I've I've said it a couple of times that we're not saying this is the reason you exist. This is not the sole purpose of your marriage. But what these things do is they help give your marriage meaning. And so what I wanted to do is kind of flesh that out a little bit. And uh, we talked about a Venn diagram earlier. Now I want to kind of get you to imagine three concentric circles. And these are the, the cir- three circles of meaning in your marriage. What we've been discussing is more like purpose, mm-hmm. your purpose in the world. And that would be the, the outermost circle. So if, if, if we jump to the innermost circle, that would be kind of like your intrinsic marriage meaning. Why are you married? Because you love each other. Right? Like, so just, just between you, like if all, the only things that exist inside that first circle are the husband and the wife, right? The man and the woman. And the purpose of a man is to love a woman, and the purpose of a woman is to love a man. You know, and so you don't need anything outside of that for your marriage to have meaning. Mm-hmm. Why are we married? Because we love each other. We want to spend the rest of our lives with each other, forsaking everyone else, right? Like we we don't need anybody else. We don't, now, we know that's not ultimately true, but in that first circle of giving your marriage meaning, it is just about the two of you. There is meaning in just that, in your love and your connection with each other. Now you expand out. And the second circle is kind of like a circle of belonging. And we do this all the time. You know, like look at anybody's bio on the internet or wherever is the, how do we describe ourselves? How do I explain to you where I fit? What my meaning is, is I say, hi, I'm Rob. I'm married to Cassie mm-hmm. and I've got four wonderful children. Yeah. Well, yeah. Husband, right? and so father. In the context of who minister. I belong to. I find meaning. I find meaning in who I belong to. I could talk to you about the church I'm about, mm-hmm. the, and which also happens to be Your how I'm employed. Yep. And, you know, so there's all of these mm-hmm. things or what I belong to. Maybe right. I, I play this sport or I do this thing and I belong to this club. And so those are, are places that also they give us meaning. Now that's individually, but you think about that as a, as a wedded couple. Right. So how do you, how does your marriage have meaning and belonging? Like, well, we belong to each other. That's the first circle. But then as married people, we belong to a church. We belong to a family and a family belongs to us. Right. So there's that second thing. And that third circle, what we've been talking about for the last three weeks is if all of that is true, 
if if the innermost circle is true and valid and the second circle is true and valid and everything that makes up you as individuals and has put you together as a couple, then what are the implications for the bigger world? Mm. Mm-hmm. Here's this world that has all of these needs, all of these hurts, all of these pains, all of these opportunities. And every if every human being is unique, then how much more is the coming together of two unique human beings to make a marriage? So then how is it that God could use our marriage to impact the world around us? And that's this third circle of giving meaning to your marriage that we're talking about is if these things line up, if we have all the tools that we can and all the excitement and energy and passion to talk about how to have better marriages, and we see that this is a legit need in our world, mm-hmm. like how could we not right. pursue that? Like, And how could we not see that as being some kind of bigger calling or bigger purpose for why we are together or what we can do together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tis the season to be giving. Thanks for giving us the joy of being heard. Don't miss out on future podcasts by subscribing now. If you would like to help us grow the show or would like to show your appreciation with a monetary gift, go to www.sparktoflame.com slash support and give one time or you can sign up to give monthly. The monthly gift will earn you extra special edition podcasts, Spark to Flame swag, and other helpful extras. Yeah. So go on to www.sparktoflame.com slash support and go ahead and give us your hard-earned money. Yes. All right. Part three. <laughs> uh, money. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Part three. Gift guide. This is the actual gift gift. So uh, go ahead, Rob. What do you think? Well, just you know, to, to give some context, last week we did a gift-giving guide. And we talked about everything except for buying an actual gift gift yes. is what we kept Rob's good calling at this. It. He's good at giving gifts. So, um, But but we, we did share uh, a lot of just helpful ideas of how to think about giving a gift for your spouse and really think about who they are and, and what kind of thing they might want to receive, trying to think outside of the box. So we definitely stand by that. But sometimes you do just want to use your credit card or, you know, like <laughs> – Use your money yeah. out of your wallet and and go to a store and buy a thing and give that and that brings us joy. There, we all have things that we need or want or et cetera. Um, so what we've got is we've got an idea is to help you with that. All right, Rob, gift giver guru, what do you have for us today? How and what ideas? How do people come up with the exact gift they want to buy their significant other? Well, the biggest enemy we have in gift giving is often ourselves, right? So even if you perceive your partner as being like very picky or hard to buy for or the person who has everything, what what we then do is we limit ourselves because we try to come up with a single thing, right? We want to try to find the perfect thing for them. Mm, Now, this is the same as like, in a classroom, a teacher gets up and they ask a question, but it's kind of that weird, like it's an open-ended question, but they have one specific answer that they're looking for. 
So there could be 10 right answers, but everybody in the class knows they're looking for this specific answer. <laughs> so it could be very easy. It could be a very easy thing. Like, hey, when you look outside, what do you see? And nobody raises their hand. So it's the easiest thing in the world. Like we, anybody's like, ah, trees, the sky, whatever. But everybody's not sure what to do because you're like, well, what, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. Like there's a million things I could say, but what do you want me to say? And so instead of giving a try, giving it a go, we freeze. All right. Now maybe you're like, that's not me. That's fine. Just hear me out. That's me. So every time. The, the, <laughs> the answer is just a very simple thing. In our gift-giving guide is not, you know, here's six things that you can buy. But instead of coming up with one gift that you could get for your spouse, try to come up with 100 ideas. Now, you might not get to 100, but if you set that as your goal, I'm going to come up with 100 ideas of things that I could get my spouse. Your brain immediately is going to change. You're going to go from not being able to think of anything to start thinking, well, I could do this. I could do that. Don't discount anything. They could be bad ideas. They could be terrible ideas. And in fact, you might even want to, at the heading of your paper, make, start with two categories in the middle, like things they want, things they need, and then go from there. Cass, what would, okay, what would another category be? Things they like to do. Things they're into. Things they like to do. Hobbies they have. Okay, so... So uh, that might not, it might not be something they want or something they need, but if it's the game they play or the sport they're into, then what, the are, team they like. what are things that are associated with that? Yeah. Like, okay, the team they like. So, so before you even start listing all your gifts, you could come up with a dozen categories, mm-hmm. right? Now, instead of having to come up with 100 off the top of my brain ca- gifts, yeah. I've got 10 categories. I can just come up with 10 ideas for each of those categories. That we talked about or that I was thinking of was just what are their favorites? So what are things they already have and things they already do that are their favorites? Yeah. So, you know, Rob's got a favorite hoodie. He actually bought blue dye to dye because the elbows were getting worn instead of replacing it. Uh, But last year I got him a hoodie. He's wearing it right now. So he does have a favorite hoodie, but he likes the new hoodie I got him as well. Yeah, so they're... So they're favorites. Um, and, so, and so that's, I think it's good to kind of have this idea of you're going to make a big list. It's going to be a lot longer than mm-hmm. what you'll actually get for them. And write things that are bad ideas and outlandish. And, and maybe even do some of that on purpose. So write like things that they want that I could never afford. <laughs> you know, like what are, what's the big grandiose? They're dream things, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you going to buy that that boat no sports car right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you're not gonna but but when you write it down then that's just gonna it gets your brain churning it gets your what what's something that they might want that you would never get them you would never be (laughs) caught dead giving it to them you know or something you want them to have but you know they would hate it write it down so that's what you get. So now you're going to just get this list of a, of a hundred things, and and maybe you won't get to hundred, but maybe you'll surpass it. Now you've got something you can go back to, and this is how brainstorming works. Now your brain is going. Now your brain is working, right? So now you went from I can't think of anything to get them to now you've got a list of a hundred possible things. Sure, some are terrible, some are unrealistic, right? But you. You could kind of, you know, so it, it maybe it's oh, like they would love a boat. Well, they don't have a boat and they would love a boat. 
But what maybe a boat do? for a day. Giving them a boat for a day. That's right. Uh, start a, buy a boat fund for them. Say, <laughs> hey, like I put $100 in can, an account, you know, or in this envelope. Right, or in this. and that's true. In five or 10 years, you'll have that boat maybe. Right. right. So, so start, so think, get your, get your box and then start thinking, think of a couple of categories and then let the categories move into other categories and then start listing things and then say, and then go big and go small and go. Okay. And then now from there, you're going to Maybe you don't. Maybe you can share it with somebody else. Say, hey, I, I don't know what to get, Cassie. Here's a list of like a hundred things that I think could work. So that's my next question for you. If uh, there's someone listening that's not quite sold on this time thing that they're going to do, take the time to make all these lists and 150 things. Uh, is there a time that you have bought me a gift in the past that I loved, which is usually every time um, that you used this method on that you could say an example? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not in that category. I'm not stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do it this year. That'll give you a hint that I've not really shopped for Rob yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's just uh, you can take it. You can leave it. If you are, if you find yourself in that place where there's someone special in your life, like we're we're talking about in the context of marriage. So if it is your spouse but maybe it's somebody else and you're just like you want to get them something and you just don't know what to do um then that's that's a good recommendation is the the problem may be them and maybe the answer is don't get them anything Hmm. or it could be you it could be that our brains the way that our brains work is when we get fixated on we have to come up with the perfect thing we freeze we tend to freeze but if you can just start with the smallest things and get the ball rolling, then that like, you know, like a cartoon avalanche, <laughs> that ball is going to keep rolling, rolling, and it's going to be a, a snowball and then a snowman, and then it's going to be this giant thing um, with lots of ideas. And then you can look at that list and be like, oh, actually, now I don't know. Like now I got so many good ideas. <laughs> I don't know how to pare this down. Right. So instead of Googling when you are done with this podcast, best gifts for a spouse, a husband or wife, Write your list. So take your time tonight, tomorrow, and start writing your list of their favorite things, all the gift ideas that you come up with, stupid or great, and uh, let us know how they how it goes. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for spending the last 30 minutes with us and listening to Spark to Flame, where we aim to give you ideas, insights, and inspiration for better marriages. Have a great week, and we hope that you'll be back to listen to us next week. Don't forget to share it with your spouse.